Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hey, everybody, it's Shep Hyken back on Amazing Business Radio. Very excited for this interview today because we're talking to a friend of mine, and I realized as we were getting ready for the show, he says it's been years. I don't believe it's been years. Number one, we're not that old that it's ever been years. But number two, I feel like I just talked to him maybe a year or so ago, not years ago. But Steve Farber is the president of Extreme Leadership, and he is the author of a new book, and it's titled Love is Just Damn Good Business. We're talking about the L word today, love in business. And I think it's powerful because we need to love our customers. We need to love our employees. But he's going to tell us more about what this means because it is just damn good business. Also, let me tell you about Steve. He is a musical virtuoso himself, a guitarist, and he incorporates the guitar into his speech. One of the reasons I love him even more because we both have that mutual passion for music. Steve, welcome to Amazing Business Radio. Thanks, Chef. It's great to be here with you. And it's been years. It hasn't been years. It just feels, you know, how old are you now? You know, don't tell me. Don't tell me. I, I, am, uh, I am 61. Well, you look damn good for 61. You must have a, a whole lot of damn love in your business. Yeah, and that's in right. Your it's life. all about the love, man. And in your life. All right. It, it is true. Well, hey, let's do a little quick little background on who is Steve Farber. Go ahead. Well, sure. I've been, um, well, you know, that's obviously a very, a very uh, complex question. But simply put, um, I've been a 30 in the second version. How's yeah, that? That's right. Uh, I've been in the business of leadership development for 30 years in some form or another. I've had the opportunity to work with just about every kind of organization and just about every kind of industry you can imagine. I've had some phenomenal mentors in my work, like, for example, Tom Peters and Jim Kuzis. Uh, to name just a couple, and uh, I I spent my you know business as my playground, uh, just as it is yours. I've been doing this work for for three decades, and I, I just have a great time doing it. I've written several books before this one: The Radical Leap, yep. The Radical great Edge, book. and uh, Greater Than Yourself. And actually, Love Is Just Damn Good Business is my first entirely new book in ten years. Yeah, We've done. Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been a long time. We've done other editions of the previous books, but uh, so I'm really excited about this one. So here's the first thing: very few people ever refer to their career or what they do for a living as their playground. Yeah, and so and I would have to agree that you know I'm passionate about what I do. Obviously, you are. We're entrepreneurs. We chose to do what we we do, but. I mean, you got, that means you must love what you do. If it's the playground, it's not, oh, it's my, it's not, a, I mean, hey, it's a labor of love is another way of putting it perhaps, but mm -hmm. it's not what I laboriously have to go to every day. It's the grind. I got to get up in the morning and go to work. So right. let's start with your playground. Well, yeah, uh, sure. Thank you for noticing that. Word. Yeah, thank you for noticing that. You know, there's, there's that old saying that says, if you do what you love, you never have to work a day in your life. Mm -hmm. Who said I that? Think, I don't know, but I don't think it's true. <laughs> I don't think it's true. <laughs> I, lo I love I love what I do, and uh, and there are days that f still feel like work. You know, it's it's um, for example, you know, I don't love airports. Right. I don't love I don't love marketing. I don't. There's a lot of things about my work that I don't love doing that I have to do in order to do the work I love, and the technical term for that is called being an adult. 
Uh, <laughs> I love that. No, I mean, yeah. but you're so right. I mean, uh, I have a definition of retirement, uh, and I got it from Dan Sullivan from the Strategic Coach Program. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know Dan or not, but uh, one of these things he said is, you know, a lot of people when they retire, they stop doing something, even if they loved it. Oh, I've been working. Oh, I love my work. I love my job. I love the people I work with. Now I'm retired. I don't get to hang around what I love doing anymore. And then three months later, I die. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's sad because you just like lose this momentum. And Dan's uh, definition of love is only doing, or I'm sorry, definition of retirement is only doing what you love to do, which yeah. means I've kind of been retired for a long, long time. Yeah, many yeah years. Exactly. exactly. However, there's about 20% of my job, and this is probably the part that you really call work. Uh, like you said, you don't like to market. I don't like the paperwork. Actually, I kind of like marketing. I kind of like talking to clients, getting creative, sending them, you know, whatever. But the paperwork, oh, and I know there's ways around it, but maybe I'm too entrepreneurial to let go of everything. Yeah. Uh, but I got to tell you, I'm pretty damn close to retirement because I love what I do. Now, we're going to talk about that word love. So this new book, give us a, an overview. Uh, love is just damn good business. Yeah. So, you know, we... um there, there are a few among us, yourself, of course, being one of them, that are very comfortable uh, equating love and work. And we, under, we understand the context for it. We understand what it means. But in my experience, uh, that is not, when you look at the general population, you know, most people are not in the situation that we're in, that they love what they do every day and they can't, you know, it's like, I can't wait till Monday, you know, that kind of a thing. There's not a lot of that going on. We are not accustomed to using the word love and business in the same sentence. Uh, you know, in, in, in terms of where we are culturally and as, as a society. And that's true here in the U.S. And, and all around the world. And I think that's really quite tragic. Because on the other hand, as business people, and this speaks right to the heart of what you do as well, Shep, as business people, what we want is for our customers to love what we do for them, right? Yeah. If they don't love the product or service, then where we have no advantage at all, right? And virtually every business person worth his or her salt agrees with that. We, we need our customers to love what we do for them. All right, fine. That's got to go beyond printing the little buttons that say we love our customers and putting the banners up that say, we, you know, the customer is the center of our universe and, you know, all those things, making it part of our advertising campaigns, which lots of companies have done over the years. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but that's not it. That's not the whole thing. The experience is what we want to create. Now, having said that, then if you back that up one step, what I'm suggesting in this book and in my work overall for for quite a long time now, is that really the way to make that happen for the customer in a meaningful and sustainable way over time is to create a culture, an environment, whether that's an entire entire company or, or a team or whatever, that people love working in. Mm. So I have this concept that I've written about called fun, that we should create a fun environment or fun culture. F-U-N is not the word fun, it's an acronym. And it stands for fulfillment, uniqueness, and next. And the idea is you want your people who work with you to be fulfilled, doing something that they enjoy doing. Uh, Uniqueness is what are they really good at that you can put into the job. Uh, I believe Google allows their engineers to work uh, a percentage of their 
of their week on a project that they love, not just a project that they've been assigned to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have somebody here in my office, Stephanie, when she came to work here, she said she loved video. I said, well, then we're going to make sure you do more and more video because I want to do more and more video. And part of the reason she hopefully loves working here is because of that. Um, yeah. wait, can you hear the siren going on behind me? I can. I get that yeah. a lot here too. I'm, I know. I, I know. Yeah. It's the, you know, I, I work in an office building that's like 50 years old. So I think the windows are still 50 years old. So, <laughs> um, so then, so then there is that, that cultural element that you're describing. You, you gave a great example how that could happen at any level in, in your office. Right. Right. Or to an entire company like, you know, big company like Google, there are lots of things that we do do and we know we're supposed to do to increase the level of fun, increase the level of engagement, increase the level of commitment among employees. We've known this for years. What I'm finding though is we very rarely call it love. And what do and we I, call it? We, well, we call it things like engagement and we call it commitment and we call it, uh, you know, uh, innovation and we call it, uh, um, there's there's a lot passion we there's there's lots of things that uh, language that's quote unquote acceptable and are people just afraid to use that word love I think so I think we're conditioned to believe that somehow there is this demarcation where on the one hand we want we want to we we recognize readily we want to love our spouse we want them to love us our significant other we want them to love us we want to love our kids we want them to love us we want to love our friends we want them to love us we're not shy about that but then we go to work and suddenly it no longer applies now we have to call it something else right so again i want to be clear about this i'm not saying that it's just a matter of calling it something else but i do think that by calling it love so for example let's create an environment a culture that people love working in it raises the standards it raises the expectations it casts it in a different light that challenges us to stretch further than we normally would. But there's one other piece to this, Shep. There's really no way that I can create a culture like that as a leader or as a participant in it, unless, this is where it gets personal, unless I love it, in other words, the business, my colleagues, my customers, myself first. So, so the argument, if that's the right word, the business case is another way of saying it, starts with the customer. If we want your customers to love us, we have to create an environment that people love working in. And the only way that I can create that kind of environment is if, is if I love it myself first. I love that. Uh, no pun intended. And I love what we're going to do next, which is we're going to take a short break. And by the way, in my acronym, FUN, F-U-N, it's fulfillment, uniqueness, and next. Are, are people excited about what's next, the next project, maybe it's just the next day coming back to work next week. But I'll tell you what, you're going to be excited about our next segment because we're going to dive deeper into how as a leader, you can create that cultural love where your customers love you, your employees love working there, they love the customers. It all goes around. This is Amazing Business Radio. We're talking with Steve Farber about his book, Love is Just damn good business. You should go out and order it today. If you're listening to the show today, the book is not quite out yet, but it's getting ready to come out so you can pre-order it. If you're listening to the show sometime in September or beyond, then like they say in Monopoly, do not pass go, do not collect $200. Just go buy the book. Love is just damn good business. Don't go away. We're coming right back. 
It's been said that you can't improve what you don't measure. And one of the most important areas to measure is the customer experience. My friends at Service Guru have an amazing solution that quickly allows your customers to rate their experience and more importantly, rate and review your employees. On average, their platform captures 50 times more valuable and actionable feedback about your staff and business because it's at the point of interaction before your customers ever leave. All types of businesses use Service Guru to measure and improve service, including restaurants, retail stores, doctors, dentists, and more. If you have customers and you want their feedback, go to www.serviceguru.com and tell them Chef sent you. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Steve Farber about the word love. All right, so you said first it starts with customers. You want your customers to love the business, but I also believe we probably got to go the other way. We got to love them. Hey, by yes. the way, I'm going to digress for a moment. Um, I wrote an article about this because uh, somebody sent me in uh, um, an email after reading the Shepherd letter, which is my newsletter, saying, I've got to tell you what happened. I'm a subscriber, by the way. I, oh, thank you. Yeah. You're, oh, you're one of those. This, no, we have, <laughs> I, actually, we have like 20 some odd thousand subscribers. And the other guy. No, that's, yeah, that's you're the other guy. Yeah. My mom and you. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, but this guy wrote in saying he was very upset because he came to work for this company because they supposedly had this great reputation. And the leadership during the onboarding process talked about how important everything is. And then after onboarding, the, the leader comes out and starts saying, really? I mean, I always joke sometimes when we have a pain in the rear end customer. You know, I, I'll make jokes about them. But you know what? I still love our customers, our clients. Yeah. But they, this person was talking very derogatory about them and actually suggesting methods to try to you know, keep the relationship distant. And he just said it was so incongruent. He wanted yeah. to quit right there on the spot. Um, but anyway, uh, I, I just, I, it blows my mind. I don't know if you have a that's comment a, about a really, that. Or? Yeah, I do. I, I do. Uh, it's, it's a really important point. And it's kind of what we were talking about before the break. Saying the words is the easy part, right? Yep. So, so all the, you know, everything, there's a lot of things that fall into this category from, the company's mission statement and vision statement to its set of articulated values and all that. We all know we're supposed to say those things. Saying it is the easy part. The challenge is do we, do we behave and act and conduct business in a way that's congruent with those things that we say are important. So this guy is saying they said all the right things when they interviewed me, they said all the right things on the onboarding and within, you know, within a day I'm seeing evidence that that's all just talk. Yep, all lip service. So that's, that's, again, it's what I mean. You know, when we say, when we, we start to use the word love, it raises the expectations. But don't even start to use the word unless you plan on following through with the actions. Yep. Otherwise, it's just, another, it's just another button that you're printing, right? So I'll, I'll give you an example because it's the, the, really the question at play here and, and one that, that I think I address head on in the book is what does that or what should that look like? If I say I love my customers, what should that look like in mm -hmm. the way that I, everything from in, in the way that I design my product and service to the way I deliver that product and service to the way I communicate with them, to the way I respond to them when there's a problem, you know, all those things 
that we are, that we all know we're supposed to do in the so-called, you know, customer service arena. It's all critically important, right? But, but it's really about trying to answer the question, what, what does love look like in business? Because it looks very different from, you know, the way I love my kids or the way I love my wife is going to look very different from the way yep. I love my customers. And by the way, if you do what you do with your wife in business, you might lose your wife and you might get a, a, a lawsuit. And <laughs> right. So I'm appealing, I'm appealing to common sense here. Although, yes, I know. Although, you know, having said that, I do get that question a lot, Shep. It's, it's, well, you know, isn't that, you know, especially with HR folks, right? Isn't that kind of dangerous territory when you start talking about love, given all the scandals and, and all that over the last several years? If you go to hug an employee, you are at risk of a sexual harassment. Yeah, that's, that, yeah, that's and it's unfortunate. It's yeah. unfortunate, but, but the kind of harassment and all that, equating that with love is, is false. But that's not love. It's it's aggression. Mm-hmm. It's predation. It's but it's not love. So what is love? What does it look like? So I'll give you an example. Okay, um, one of the one of the cases uh, in the book that we talk about is uh, a company called Trailer Bridge, which is a shipping and logistics company in Jacksonville, Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a small company, although they're growing really rapidly now. And the the CEO is a guy named Mitch Luciano, uh, but their history is kind of interesting. 25, 30 years ago, they were toxic. I mean, love was, not only was love not a word that was used there, it was, it was, it was hate. It was really, it was a culture. <laughs> their, their, their employees couldn't stand the place. The customers uh, only did business with them because, because of the price. Uh, they were kind of a discount provider. So what they do is they, you know, essentially they ship between the mainland and Puerto Rico and other places, right? So they, mm-hmm. they're shipping containers of stuff. And, uh, and back in the old days, uh, when, when they were really tanking and, in fact, eventually went bankrupt, uh, one of their customer policies was this. They would not ship a container unless it was, I can't remember what the percentage was, let's say uh, 70% full. So if I'm a customer and I'm shipping a car to Puerto Rico, let's say, I'm expecting it to get there at a particular date. And the company tells me, well, sir, we don't have, we don't have enough customers. So you're going to have to wait until we fill this up. Mm-hmm. Obviously that is not a policy that says we love our customers. Right. Right. But I put up with it because it was cheaper or whatever. So anyway, they, they emerged from bankruptcy. They burned through four CEOs in three years, four heads of HR in the same period of time. And then Mitch was tapped on the shoulder by the board saying, okay, it's, it's your turn. Uh, we'd like you to be the next CEO. Okay. Now the backstory is, and I, I hadn't met Mitch at this point other than through my books. So he had read the radical leap, the radical edge greater than yourself. He was a big fan of this whole concept of love because you know, leap, the first book is love, energy, audacity, and proof. Right. Mm -hmm. So I've been, advocating for this idea of love as a business practice for, for 15, 20 years now, right? So when he took over as CEO, he said, all right, the way to turn this place around is I need to create a culture that people love working in, love working in, from a place that people hated. So the first thing he did was he refused the title of CEO. He said, I'll, I'll take president, but I have to earn the title of CEO. And then he went about the work of creating a culture that people love working in. So the first thing he did in this small company was he had all the name tags re- removed. People walked around with name tags. Mm-hmm. 
said we're a company like of badges on their name or yeah. like a badge said, on their wearing, wearing your name yeah. on your on your shirt or your blouse or whatever mm -hmm. he said we're, we're a small company we if we don't know each other's names there's a problem here yep so symbolically he removed the name tags encouraged people to get to know each other lowered the height of the cubicles in in the communal office space so people could look each other in the eye and get to know each other begin to form friendships did a lot of work with the kind of the communal space by doing things that Google is known for by putting in, you know, places where people can congregate and play foosball and ping pong and that kind of a thing. Uh, and then he looked at, at their hiring practices and they only wanted to hire people that were people oriented. They looked at their customer service policy. They said, you know what? We are going to sell no matter what, no matter what, if we're 50% full, we're going to sell. That's what you do when you love your customer, right? That's what you do. And so there are probably thousands of things that he did all coming from that place of how do I operationalize love? How do I put that into practice? So the net result, and we're still seeing the results, but they were voted number one and number two best place to work in the city of Jacksonville the last couple of years. Uh, they've experienced the most profitable performance in the history of the company. Their revenue from the last two years was greater than the previous 25 years combined. Wow. On and on it goes. And he will tell you, and I know this because I've asked him, he will tell you it's because they've really gotten very vigilant and specific about putting love into practice in every aspect of their business. Amazing. All right, we're going to take another break. When we come back, I want to get into this book. I want you to give us the best three or four like tac tactical tips that we can use that would say, okay, this is awesome. I want more. And I got to lead with, uh, I, and while we, you were talking, I was looking up something online. I found a company you are going to love their first value and their value statement. It's all about love. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't even call it a love statement. I would call it a passion statement. All right, we're taking a short break. We're coming right back. Don't go away. Good customer service is now an expectation. Don't provide it and you'll be disrupted by a competitor who does. So, what can you do to stand out? Well, that's the focus of my latest book, The Convenience Revolution, how to create a customer service experience that disrupts the competition and creates fierce loyalty. The goal is to reduce friction and be convenient for your customers. So if you're ready to take your customer service to the next level and disrupt your competitors, well, this is the book for you. To order the book, go to www.beconvenient.com. That's beconvenient.com. It's time for you to join the revolution, the convenience revolution. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. All right, we're back on Amazing Business Radio with Steve Farber, author of Love is Just Damn Good Business. Now, Steve, uh, while you're talking, I had to look this up because I met this guy, uh, Bob Jacobs, who runs a company in Nashville, Tennessee, called the Symbiosis Company. And they have a list of their values. And I've written about this before, but this is, I love this value. Here it is. It's the first of their four main values. Kiss the client till their lips bleed. I love that. So it's, it's like a passion statement. It's, it's, so do, they, do they describe what they mean by that well, at all? It, it, so this is what it says. <laughs> don't worry. We don't take this one literally. We do take it seriously. It means we value client service and we'll always take care of you until you're happy with the results. Right. 
But what a great way of saying it. And by the way, you get the feeling of love and energy and everything as I visited that company and understand why they also are one of the great places to work in Nashville and won the awards and and that type of thing. So uh, anyway, any thoughts about kissing the client till their lips bleed? Yeah. So first of all, I love the, I love the humor in it uh, because what that, what that does is it gives us a sense, not just of the company's, you know, value as in, uh, we respect the dignity of every individual and, you know, and nothing. Yeah, it's, by the <laughs> way, you know, I love it's like a, voice when you kind of a, boiler, a boilerplate, you know, kind of a thing. Uh, but you get a sense of the company's personality. You get a sense of, the, a sense of their spirit and their soul and all that. Uh, and, and so I, what I take from that is, okay, if that's really reflective of what sim, symbiosis is about, I can see why that would be a place that people would love working in. Yep, right? they do. They do. Uh, and, and it's obvious that they don't mean that literally because, you know, we could argue all day uh, uh, as to whether or not, well, yeah, but my lips bleeding is really not what I want. That's, <laughs> that's obviously not the point, right? Yeah. So I want to squeeze. So I, I love you so much. I want to squeeze you so hard. Your head's going to explode. Yeah, no, that's yeah. not what we're trying to do. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I love you so much. I love you so much. I kill you. <laughs> um, which is something that a friend of mine's wife said to him once. Uh, so ex-wife, I should say. Anyway. <laughs> Widow. Um, so <laughs> anyway, well, Hey, let's get into the book. Uh, cause we don't have a whole lot of time left. I would yeah. just love to get a few nuggets from the book that would just say, this is awesome. I got to go out and buy this today. Yeah. Um, well, so the book is structured in three, in three parts, do what you love in the service of people who love what you do. Uh, that's the subtitle of the book as well. So, so doing what you love is not the whole story. It's the foundation for the whole thing. But if all I'm focusing on is what I love to do, and I don't really care about the impact of my behaviors on anybody else. That's just another way of saying narcissism, right? Mm-hmm. So in doing what you love, it's, it's really about, it starts with a very personal exploration of what are those things for you as a leader that are really important to you. Uh, so for example, uh, it could be as simple as asking the question, um, why do I love this business? Uh, and honestly, sometimes the answer is, uh, well, uh, I don't. And that's, that's a problem. A, it's a problem, and it's also a perfectly fine answer if it's honest, because then it, it lays the challenge in front of us. So then, you know, another question or a related question might be, well, what do I love about it? So, so can I find some element in this work that I'm doing, the people that I'm doing it with, the clients that I'm doing it for, that, that I can start to kind of stoke my own fire a little bit, right? And then the second part is, is all about in the service of people. So it is that service element and the core question in that, as we've been discussing, is what does that look like? What should it look like? And then finally, who love what we do? Uh, that's the payback. That's the payoff. Uh, so if I'm doing what I love and I'm using that to give phenomenal service to you, not just serving you because I know I'm supposed to, but serving you till your lips bleed. (laughs) Because you enjoy the feeling of taking care of others because, and and by the way, part of the reason you probably love it is the customers reciprocate with some um, response of some kind, obviously uh, not a a physical, uh, you know, level of love type response, but a response would say they're loving what I'm doing. This this is good. Yeah, exactly. And, And that's the, that's the third part is, is those people who you do that and they love you in return. So how do they show that? Well, in more business, more money, obviously, but also in, in word of mouth, uh, in brand loyalty, all those things that we always want as business people. Um, so, 
So it's really about looking at our business from a personal standpoint and a cultural standpoint and a customer standpoint uh, as, as one you know, integrated approach. Um, so we give a lot of examples like Trailer Bridge, for example, that I just shared with you before the break. And, and really what it comes down to is, is asking ourselves you know, the, the right questions so we can have the right conversations internally. Your ideas are there, they're there within your organization. We just, you know, we've known this for a long time. We're not very good at asking people, what can we do better? So if we start asking, for example, our employees, our team members, what can we do to show our customers that we love them, it's gonna create a whole different set of approaches, behaviors, strategies, policies, systems, and, and all of that. All right. Well, that's a lot to think about. All right. We are basically to the end of the show. This is where I ask you the one thing question. Is there one thing you'd like to share in addition to everything we've talked about or just want to emphasize something that's really important that they must know? But either yeah. way, they've got to know this before we end our conversation today. Yeah, I think the, the, the most important thing and, and ironically, maybe the most overlooked is how personal business really is. Um, so, you know, we could take an approach that says, well, these are, this is the data that suggests if you act these ways, you're going to get these kind of results. And that's important. But fundamentally, I would challenge everybody right now, this evening, over the next week, to sit a little bit with that question that I posed earlier, which is, why do I love this work? Part one. Part two, how do I show it? Or why, what do I love about this work? How could I show it better? How, there's, there's no magic word to it, but it really starts with that reflection. And I promise you that if, if you get that down, this whole thing comes out more naturally. And, and then part B to this is, Shep, one of the things that I've realized uh, in, in my work is that I'm really not in the business of convincing anybody of anything. Uh, our, our objective in, in this conversation that we've had from my standpoint is not to convince somebody that love is just damn good business. I'm in the confirmation business. This is what I've found, that, that there are people listening to this podcast right now that are saying to themselves, wow, I've always known that. Now I, I know just, how to articulate it better. And, or, you know, maybe I, I, now I realize I'm not crazy. Mm -hmm. And just getting that confirmation from somebody who has really no vested interest in what you do or don't do, who is somebody's objective, getting that confirmation can make all the difference in the world because it could embolden you to step up and act on the instinct and the impulses that you've always had, but just haven't acted on. So my hope is that, that now we'll start to take more concerted, intentional, conscious action to operationalize love in the way that we do business. I, I No pun intended. I love it. I love everything you're saying. Uh, I'm into it. This is awesome. This is why we call this Amazing Business Radio. Thank you, Steve, for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Chef. It's been a great pleasure. A and great conversation. And so the book, again, it's called Love is Just Damn Good Business. And you know what? It's just damn good business that you go out and buy the book. Uh, it's coming out in September. If you're listening to the show afterwards, get it now. If you're listening to it before September 6th rolls around, you know what? 
pre-order it. It's on Amazon.com. You can't miss it. You got to love it. Just like Steve Farber, we love you being on the show. And by the way, if you want to learn more about Steve, just go to Steve Farber and Farber's F-A-R-B-E-R, stevefarber.com. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Until next week when we'll have another amazing interview, this is Chef Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.